Welcome along. It's that time of the week again. We're a week closer to Christmas. The lights are on uh, and we're home. So well, there you go. It's Guy and it's David. It's the Talker United Yellow Army Herald Express Devon Live podcast. Top of the league. Top of the league. Still top of the league. Um, a tremendous performance against Welling last weekend, which we'll come to in a few moments. Um, plenty of good things to look back on this week. Well, we all thought that 24 hours ago, we were sort of looking forward to chatting about Welling and yeah. Welling and, and, and Welling and, <laughs> and Welling and the atmosphere and the crowd. Yeah. And now look what's happened, all sorts of things. And as usual, we have much to discuss. We do have much to discuss. Let's start with an old friend of the podcast, a podcaster himself in his playing days at Plainmore. Aaron Downs is back, is back at Plainmore. Welcome. Yep. Good to have him back. Uh, I think I think it's a bit strong to say this is one of the best, uh, the the least best kept secrets. It it, it wasn't because uh, um, there was some speculation that Aaron uh, Downs was going to leave Cheltenham Town, where of course yeah. Gary Johnson signed him uh, from United three and a half years ago. Uh, um, was he his, his first signing? He up was there? Gary Johnson's yeah. first signing. Gary Johnson had actually taken over at Cheltenham Town for the last four or five games of the previous season, couldn't, couldn't, in an effort to try and snatch uh, safety from the jaws of relegation, he couldn't quite do that. And um, uh, I'm pretty sure that the only player that survived that relegation was Asa Hall, who (laughs) is obviously now happily at Plainmore. Uh, And the first player that Gary Johnson went out and signed was Aaron Downs. It's a small um, world, lo- lower league football, isn't and it? And he made him his yeah. captain, um, uh, and uh, Aaron Downs skippered Cheltenham to promotion back into the league at the mm. first attempt, while we didn't. Um, and uh, he's gone on to uh, finish his playing career there. He's only 33, but yeah. uh, I think even during his time at Torquay, people were probably aware that his knees weren't... Uh, uh, the most reliable in the world, even though he was a hell of a good player, as we all remember yeah. um, when he was when he was on it. And of course, he didn't actually miss that many games at all. Mm. Um, he had a great way of sort of you know managing his his injuries. Um, but uh, it wasn't until I sat down today and, and had a good chat with them both that I realised how how far back they both actually go. It goes all the way back yeah. to the days at uh, Aaron Downs's days at Chesterfield, where. Gary Johnson's son Lee was a player, and they right. became friends. Yeah. They were friends there, um, and Gary Johnson used to go to Chesterfield to watch Lee play, and that's where they first met. So they go back quite a long way. Uh, and Aaron Downs was also training at Yeovil after right. he left yeah. Chesterfield, where Gary Johnson was manager, and trying to get Yeovil up into the Championship, mm-hmm. where, which he duly did. Um, when United came in for him with with what was a pretty good offer at the time, according to Aaron, and um, I think Gary Johnson realised that. Uh, um, it, I think it was a, he knew that uh, Aaron Downs was definitely going to play every single week at Torquay, yeah. whereas uh, I'm not sure he could give them give him that guarantee at at, at Yeovil. So he he encouraged uh, Aaron Downs to come and sign for Torquay, uh, and then eventually. Uh, um, was yeah. able to get him back for Cheltenham and, and Aaron Downs has played a huge part in uh, Cheltenham's fortunes over the last three and a half years firstly as a player and then as, yeah. a, as, a, as an academy coach and he's also been working with the first team there and he and, but he and Gary have been pretty close yeah. working colleagues for, for quite a while 
and he comes back as assistant manager. Assistant manager. That's the, the official title. That's the official it? title. Yeah. Assistant manager, first team coach. Mm -hmm. uh, but Gary Johnson's been very keen to stress today that this doesn't mean that Sean Taylor is uh, um, going anywhere. Um, uh, and I think everybody, sort of all, all of us, uh, if you want to call it, on the inside at Playmore have been... Uh, first of all, impressed. Not not that we should have been surprised by it. How mm. what a good solid job Sean Taylor's done because obviously he was Martin Ling's number two as well. Yeah. Uh, during a, a, a great time and and um, uh, at the club where United nearly won promotion up into League One, of course. Um, uh, but also how well he and Gary Johnson have got on. Obviously, Gary Johnson came in over the top of yeah. of that situation after Gary Hours departure and and they've got on brilliantly and and uh, I even when I realized that there was a good chance that Aaron Downs would be coming in after leaving Cheltenham um, I kind of thought I, I, I didn't think that Gary Johnson would jettison Sean Taylor and sure enough he hasn't um, Sean Taylor that as, as part of the ongoing sort of rebuilding of the club um, the, the academy obviously is going to become an increasingly important part of that mm. and we'll touch on a very happy um, uh, forthcoming plus of that in a, in a little while. But um, uh, uh, they're trying to develop the relationship between the academy and the first team yeah. um, going forward. Uh, and um, so Sean Taylor will be heavily involved in that. He's already head of academy coaching anyway um, uh, and has a, a very good relationship yeah. with the young team that had quite a good run in the FA Youth Cup this season. Uh, and I, I'm, he'll, he'll be around the first team training ground. Uh, um, the players all get on well with him. You know, he's a top bloke yeah. and, 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 knows, and knows football inside out. So, uh, so he's very much part of that. And, and this, Gary, is, this is a strong team though, isn't it? Well, that's right. Uh, and, and you and I were talking about it just sort of before we came on air, as they say. Um, that, that Gary Johnson says, look, this is, this is completed his backroom team and when you think that he only took over in September mm, yeah. uh, he's very happy man that he's been able to do this he's got his brother in Peter as head of recruitment also from Cheltenham Aaron Downs there you've got Sean Taylor you've got uh, Phil Osborne the goalkeeping coach um, uh, Dan Feasy physio and Russell Cleave the kit man and assistant physio and now you know at this level of football and probably even at national league level I doubt whether there's a club with a stronger backroom team than that. Um, and uh, uh, Johnson did, and I can understand him saying it, did, did, did sort of say thanks and a nod of thanks to uh, the directors, as he put yeah. it, because of course there are three now, um, for backing this appointment. Well, they, are, they are, whatever else you say about them, they are putting some money behind this promotion campaign, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to just look at it. It's yeah. the team, the backroom team. This this is, and, and, you know, Gary Johnson said, I think publicly already, he said it to me privately several times, this is, <laughs> this is a football league set up. And, yeah. and of course, this is where it's all aimed to try uh, and, and end up. Um, so yeah, you know, it's 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 a very encouraging appointment. Apart from anything else, he was hugely popular here as a player. Yeah. Um, uh, um, but he's coming back in a different way. Uh, uh, he and I chatted this morning, and I sort of had the temerity to suggest that sometimes going back for a second time at a club doesn't work. 
Yeah. Um, but of course, he was very quick to point out, okay, maybe as a manager or as a player going back, but he's not coming back as a player. He's coming back in a completely different job. He's He's got a new responsibilities. Uh, he loved his time here. He was hugely popular, player of the year, apart from anything else, yeah. but off the pitch, everybody, you know, you, you, you will not find anybody around playing well with a bad word to say about him. Um, very popular player, top guy, and he's now been, he's earned his coaching spurs at Cheltenham. Yeah. Uh, and and now he's, you know, got the responsibility of, of, of he and, and Gary Johnson driving, hopefully, United, yeah. hopefully, towards promotion. And, of course, in the early days of the podcast, he came in and podcasted with us. He'll be amazed that we're still going, I imagine. <laughs> but we'll have to see if we can get him back in again. Well, yeah, he and his wife, Michelle, were very happy here. That they, they, He was saying, he said, I've been so lucky in my playing career. He's obviously born in Australia, uh, that, that, that he's played for Chesterfield and they lived in the Peak District. He's played for Torquay United and they lived in Devon and used to adore their... They used to jump in the back of his people carrier and head off down to Corn to, to for, yeah. a, for a weekend on a Cornish beach after games at, at Playmore, and now he's been living in the Cotswolds at Cheltenham. Um, he said, "What more could you ask for as a, a, for three moves?" Yeah. Um, so he's very happy, you know, to be back. Um, he, this is a new chapter of his career. He's a very serious guy, takes it seriously mm -hmm. and can't wait to get stuck in. And of course, you know, if he has a managerial career in front of him. Well, he can certainly cut his teeth here, can't he? And, um, you know, hopefully push or help to push United on to bigger and better things. Indeed. So that's uh, that's a player moving in. A player moving out as well this or week. Or an ex-player moving in, yeah. 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 Um, yeah uh, uh, obviously, this situation with Alex Bass and Sean McDonald has been occupying the, the, the minds of supporters yeah. for some time in a good way. Um, uh, uh, and Gary Johnson has, has come out in the last week or two and said, look, no, we're, we're, we're lucky to have two like this. Obviously, they were both signed by Gary Hours in the summer. Um, Bass on a season-long loan from Portsmouth, Sean yeah. McDonald on a contract, formerly with Gateshead and Blythe Spartans, and they've both done brilliantly well in their two different yeah. stints in the team. Now, now I would have bet... Well, I, I would have bet a couple of quid on Alex Bass being in the side against Welling last Saturday, and I don't think I was alone. No. Uh, but Gary well, Johnson sprang a bit of a surprise there. Well, he obviously, as soon as Bass was fit again, he's been yeah. out for some time with a, with a knee ligament injury. As soon as he was fit, he came back into the squad for the game at Dulwich Hamlet, mm. and everybody thought, right, who, who plays at Dulwich? Gary Johnson stuck with Sean McDonald, man of the match at Dulwich Hamlet. Yeah. United win 2-0. They go to Dartford on the Tuesday night. Who's in the team? Alex Bass, straight into the team at Dartford. He keeps a clean sheet at Dartford. United win 2-0, go top of the table. What happens against Welling? Sean McDonald's back <laughs> in the team against Welling. And of course, in the wake of all that, um, uh, uh, you know, we put it to Gary Johnson, how are you going to cope yeah. with the situation? And he'd already said, oh, it's part of my job to try and keep them both happy. And in the wake of the Welling game, he said, well, they will both play five games each over the Christmas and New Year period. That's right. the plan. And then once yeah. we get into January, it calms down Saturday to Saturday and we'll see where we are. But he said there's no way that Alex Bass can be expected after, what is it, two, month, for a two, while. two and a yeah. half months yeah. out, that with training and games, he's suddenly going to be able to go into the team and play 
10 games mm. off the spin. And apart from anything else, Sean McDonald <laughs> deserves better than that anyway. Um, so it looked as if we were going to go yeah. Bass, McDonald, Bass, McDonald, Bass, McDonald. But uh, Gary Johnson at his press conference today revealed that Portsmouth um, apparently had picked up an injury to their um, second choice goalkeeper. Um, uh, and I can imagine Kenny Jackett thinking, look, fine, I don't mind him being down at Torquay, really good. Yeah. But he probably would want him to be playing as much yeah. as possible. Um, but apparently they need him back at the moment anyway. So um, he's gone back, um, played eight games for United, five clean sheets. Everybody liked the cut of his jib. Good player. Good player. Good player. Uh, we wish him uh, all the best, uh, um, I'm sure. And, you know, everybody who's worked with him is sure that he'll be a top goalie uh, yeah. in the future. And hopefully we'll be able to look back on him in years to come and say, yeah, but we had, we him. had him here. And um, the blow is softened somewhat by having a very good goalkeeper still in, in Sean McDonald. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and young George Burton, who has been on the yeah. subs bench for all that time that Bass was out injured. And of course, he had two two injuries, a groin injury and knee ligaments. Um, uh, Burton was on the bench throughout yeah. that run. So United will revert to that situation. I, he didn't say it today, but I, I, I would, I'm sure that Gary Johnson would. He'd be, he'd be, it'd be a bit weird if he wasn't keeping a weather eye out. Yeah. Um, uh, just in case McDonald picks up an injury, um, not not just because not because George Burton isn't a promising young keeper, but to throw everything into George Burton's lap at the age of 20, I think he is. Yeah. Without any previous experience beyond. I think it's, I forget what Ledl, Slimbridge and Lydney Town play in. Uh, it's a, I, I have no idea, no, I'll be honest with you. It's a big jump yeah, up, yeah. you know, to go into pressured games. Um, you know, we'll get it, we'll, 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 we'll touch in a little while on the sort of gates that United might be hoping to get over mm. Christmas. Um, so I would have thought that, that whilst, you know, George Burton is rated as a very promising, enthusiastic and hard-working young keeper, that... that Johnson might be keeping yeah. a weather eye out, and why wouldn't he be? Absolutely. So let's talk a bit about the Welling game. A game. Let's. I mean, the, the the conditions were awful. Yeah. I mean, fair play to Julian Goldthorpe and the team for getting the game on anyway, but it just emptied down at the start. It did, and and uh, as Gary Johnson very quick to say afterwards, uh, uh, you know, the gate was what nearly two and a half thousand, yeah. and he said with. In the weather, he, he, what a great, good gate that was, yeah. particularly since it tipped down before the start of the game. And he was wondering whether that put, might, might put one or two people off. But you know, we football supporters are made of sterner stuff Talk, than that. And I think yeah. once you set out, you're going anyway, aren't yeah. you? So. But there must have been a point, certainly during that first half, where the referee must have looked twice. Uh, you know, The ball was sticking in the mud, wasn't it? It yeah. was coming down from a height and not bouncing. All, no, the, no. all the classic things that referees don't like. Quite safety is now paramount these yes. days, isn't it? Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> you, you, you dangle that bell of player safety over them, and it's oh dear, dear, dear. And of yeah. course, the, the wonderful scenes at Accrington v Sunderland, uh, uh, which was abandoned after seventy-five minutes yeah. with spray everywhere and wolf players splashing about. It wasn't quite as on that. Well, it wasn't uh, that bad, but there was. I, th I think particularly for players that this it's very heavy mud in one area. Mm. and slick, uh, very wet areas in another. So you've got a two-paced pitch. Yeah. Um, uh, and for United and, you know, Welling, but mainly United, 
to have played some of the stuff that they did on mm. on uh, on Saturday uh, was a great credit to them. And we spoke in the podcast about we wondered whether Torquay would would do this thing of biding their time, of waiting an hour, and and then you know going for the kill later in the game, or would they do what they had been doing up to then, which was to um, to take the game by the scruff of the neck from the start. I think there's been a pattern of away from home, yeah, uh, where they're tackling teams who are part time, but half decent, mm-hmm. ambitious, desperate to take Torquay down. Uh, they've been prepared to grind it out and handle that pressure. That was certainly the case at Dartford. It was at Dulwich Hamlet, um, yeah. uh, which I saw a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, you know, you just have to take whatever they're throwing at you for as long as you need to do. Yeah. And uh, certainly at Dulwich Hamlet, uh, two goals in the last half hour at Dulwich Hamlet, two goals in the last half hour at, at Dartford, that's away from home. But at home, I think anybody who's been to see not only the Welling game, but Concord Rangers, uh, St Albans, they've been ripping into teams at home yeah. uh, and uh, not even giving the opposition a, a, a minute to think, oh, we've got a chance here. And to, um, to do it to Welling, who, who, to be fair, are promotion contenders themselves. It was a six-pointer. We were first, it? they were second before yeah. kick-off. Yeah, very impressive start. Um, and but, two corking goals. Um, let's, let's talk the goals first. Yeah. Before we, we'll, we'll come back to the engine room of the team in a moment because I thought the defence did fantastically against Welling. But the goals, the first two goals were outstanding, weren't they? Um, uh, Jake Andrews has got this sweet left foot yeah. and it will take him a long way in the game um, and uh, it, he, it was a free kick that wasn't half cleared back out to him yeah. um, and uh, uh, he just I'm sure the Welling manager will look at the, the, the guy who came out to, to try and close him down and think well couldn't you have done a bit better there mm. but the fact is that Andrews is a very clever player um, he worked a bit of an angle on the guy to get a better sight of goal and then just hit this absolutely perfectly placed left foot shot from 25 yards, maybe yeah. just under, um, right where the keeper can't really get there. Bottom right-hand corner, keeper's left, 1-0. Two minutes and 50 seconds the clock had been running. Yeah. I looked across to, 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 uh, to make sure exactly what the time was on the, on the big screen. Um, uh, corking strike has he hit I, d- I don't think Jake Andrews is capable of scoring a bad goal really uh, he scored with a whole succession of, of, of really sweet strikes uh, oh a diving header at Brightling Sea in the yeah. FA Cup that, that always quite good to chuck into the mix no a, a, a classy a classy opening goal but an even better one followed shortly after. if you could top that absolutely was... uh, Seku Jane I mean we, we're all giving the plaudits quite rightly to Jamie Reid for being our leading scorer this season. But Jane is, is some strike rate, isn't he, in the last yeah, few games? Yeah, he's got, what, 18-10 now, something like yeah. that, 18-11. Um, uh, uh, build up down the left-hand side. Uh, 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 when you watch the replay, I think sometimes when we watch it live on the game and, and we don't have the benefit of action replays in front of us, um, we'll wait until we're in Europe for that sort of stuff. It's only um, a matter of time. Yeah. Um, is that sometimes you don't pick up on, on the little nuances of things. Jamie Reed's pass to Janney was yeah. very quick and slick. Yeah. He didn't have much time to think about it. He's flicked it on to Janney. Janney's taken a couple of strides, looked up, has been closed down. The keeper, 
half starts to come off his line, not a long way. It, it isn't as if the keeper leaves Janet all that much to aim at either, does no. he? And, no. and our initial thought, my initial thought was, my goodness, he's, he's clouted that. But actually, when you see the replay, yeah. he's looked up and he's placed a shot from nearly 30 yards yeah. uh, over the keeper's left shoulder and into the top right-hand corner. Tremendous strike. It's great. That man. is a strike from a very confident player who is thinking, you know, yeah. he hasn't just looked up and cracked it. He, he's actually looked up, assessed the situation in a, a split second and stuck it into the top corner, yeah. which is exactly where he meant to put it. Uh, and if he scores a better goal this season, I want to be there to see it. That was some goal. And the third goal, of course, came from Jean-Yves Couet-Niarte. Get in. Uh, it was a good shot by Jeanne, in fact, that oh, was well tremendous. saved by the keeper. Uh, uh, Acrobatic volley. Acrobatic volley uh, uh, from a, a half, again, half-cleared free kick by Conor Lemonhay-Evans. Yeah. Uh, and, and tremendous volley on the turn. And Niarte's uh, follow-up follow yeah. from close range was just reward for a, a good performance by him. And I thought the whole of the defence played well in, in the conditions on Saturday. Ben Winter had one of the best games I've seen him have. Well, is he not playing better with every game that I think he is? That, yeah, that, that, that yeah. takes place. Uh, you know, I think at the start of the season he he seemed to be a little bit slow coming to the party, as it were. He didn't seem to be playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, he did pick up an injury, um, uh, and uh, uh, he he's back in the team now. Um, uh, is he better as a right wing back? Probably not. Mm. You know, uh, I think everybody naturally saw him. He's quite quick and mobile. He's, you know, yeah. um, people thought, well, he's better going forward than going back. And he played that role for a little while. And, and, but he's now settled into the team and it's almost like he's grown into it. Yeah. Uh, and and he, he's, he's playing pretty solidly at the moment. He played well. Niate himself had a really good game. Well, I think that the, Carl Cameron, who, 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 I thought was absolutely outstanding oh, yeah, they, on yeah, Saturday. We'll and you him, shouldn't yeah. say that. All 11 played mm. well on Saturday. That, that, that's when, when a team does that, you tend to win, don't you? Um, but uh, Jean-Yves, is, is, is he's got all the tools for the job, hasn't he? Yeah. He's, he's got great big long legs. He's six foot four. Uh, um, you know, he can head it, kick it, etc. And But sometimes he just sounds those alarm bells, doesn't he, with... I think I'll try something else here, or, yeah. or etc. Sometimes tries to do a little bit exactly. too much. And I think in a way, you often find with defenders, especially lower division defenders, when conditions are bad, yeah, it concentrates their mind. Or also, when they're under huge pressure, it's it, it just makes them head it and kick it and clear their lines and just keep things simple. And of course... Don't they look good when they do that? They do. Uh, uh, and and it's, you know, maybe in April or May or March when it's all nice and flat again, and etc. And, and we're 3-0 up against somebody in some, some space. Then you can start having another touch yeah. and think about maybe, you know, taking the mick out of an opposition forward every now and again. But on a day like last Saturday, hugely important match. Six-pointer, first v. second. Uh, there was a couple of little wobbles at the back early on, wasn't there? Sean McDonald, I think, miskicked one. Um, and there was a yeah I, I can't remember the the other incident but it almost like I think it sort of cleared everybody's right this is not a day for mucking about at the back here and I think Niate had one of his if not his yeah. best game for United on Saturday just doing that yeah keeping it simple 
Liam Davis was, was excellent. Liam Davis is always part. excellent. But do you think Kyle Cameron's relishing uh, the skipper's armband at the moment? I think I think he is. He's look. He's only twenty one. Yeah. Our biggest pardon if he's actually twenty two now. I don't think he's. Don't think he is. Um, you know, this is a. You know, you, you, you're at a club with high expectations. We're going for a promotion. You know, people want to. You know, you can't fail. Mm. And, and that's quite a lot to drop into a, a, a young defender's lap. But he's a very sensible guy. He relishes the job. Um, I think he's learning all the time. Uh, and perform- you can't possibly say that the captaincy has, uh, has affected his performances. No. Uh, I mean, over the years, we've had you know, examples of where people have suspected that the captaincy didn't do people favours. Um, did Luke Young relish the captaincy? Yes, I think he did. I think he it, weighed, it captain, weighed a bit but heavily on but him. But sometimes it weighed a bit heavily yeah. on him. Um, uh, and, you know, we, we can probably think of one or two others over the years. But um, Sean McGinty, for instance, uh, um, you know, I, I, especially, and it comes out of desperately wanting to do the job mm. and do it well. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, you know, um, I, I always thought that Courtney Cameron, for instance, yeah. the captaincy, although Courtney Cameron is a very outgoing guy that sort of, you know, is quite vocal, uh, I, I think the cap- he took the captaincy so seriously yeah. that in the end... I think that affected his game. I, I, yeah. I don't think he was as good as captain no. as he was when he wasn't. So looking ahead to next weekend, Tokyo are off to Boreham Wood in the FA Trophy. They are. Um, and it looks as if one of the um, the club's brightest young prospects for a while. Getting back to what we were talking about yeah, before, is... uh, Gary Johnson hinted quite strongly uh, um, that Olaf Kozela, the young 16-year-old um, academy striker, who's already, of course, made his debut as, an, as a substitute, so mm-hmm. um, uh, he, he'll not he'll be following up his own piece of history. Yeah. But but Gary Johnson was was said pretty clearly that that uh, Olaf Kozela will. Uh, play at least some part in the match, either as a sub or or maybe even start in the game. Yeah, um, which is great, isn't it? You know, um, it's good because everybody knows what a good prospect he is, yeah. as long as he he isn't thrown into the deep end. And Gary Johnson isn't the kind of manager who's going to do that. No, he? and he touched on that as well at his press conference. You know, he said, "Look, if I didn't think this lad was ready mm. to play." He said, I certainly wouldn't do it, either to play or if I thought it might put him back a couple of months if it doesn't yeah. go brilliantly. Um, uh, uh, it's interesting. He described him, he said he's 16 years old, but he already looks like a man. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, he said, but the way he's been training, mm. he looks like a man in training as well. Um, you, you know, you, I, I think if, if Olaf ends up doing what we all hope he will do, in some ways, he will be uh, against the grain because nowadays, young youngsters, and at the risk of yeah. us two sounding like you know too old, too old ones <laughs> at the moment, youngsters tend not to be as ready for first team football as early as they used to be. I mean, it used to be a cliche that if you hadn't got into a uh, after your apprenticeship from 16 to yeah. 18 if you hadn't got into the first team by the time you were 19 well you, you had you, you got no chance to, yeah. you weren't going yeah. to well that doesn't happen now or not as often um, uh, and uh, you know we all think back to the days when you know Lee Sharp got into the team at 16 years old and cut it straight away etc 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 now I know you're talking about an outstanding very talented young player who went on to great things but uh, uh, Olaf Kassela I think 
everybody who's seen him over the last two, three years has yeah. gone, whoa, he looks a bit different. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just that he's a young forward who can run quite quick and beat people and dribble and score goals. His all-round game is pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and uh, when he came on against Plymouth Argyle in a pre-season game this summer, he was only on for 10 minutes, I think. But I just, you know, you look at him and, 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 I, and it was just the way he was receiving the ball, laying it off, making an angle. Yeah, he going, didn't going look out of place for exactly. a moment. Exactly. He didn't, in other words, he yeah. wasn't trying those clever little mm. tricks and dribbles, which <laughs> if I was 16 years old, that's what I'd be trying to do. Anything to impress anybody. Yeah. He was perfectly happy to get it in, lay it off, go and uh, just pass proper, and move, pass yeah. and move simple yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, um, which just showed that up there in that brain of his, he knows, whoops, I'm moving up a level mm -hmm. here. I can't, let's let's play proper senior football now rather than youth team football. Yeah. So uh, fingers crossed for him, whether he starts or comes on. Um, uh, uh, we all hope that um, maybe, what a wonderful thing it would be, isn't it? That right at the end of this season, maybe the, the game that decides whether United... Uh, go up or not is that the player who comes on and score or scores the yeah. all important goal turns out to be a, a hometown lad like Olaf. It'd be a bit Roy of the Rovers, would, wouldn't it? it? But you never know. Now the the Plainmore pitch we talked about earlier on, which um, was looking pretty battered after Saturday. It was. It, it's got a break this weekend, but in somewhat bizarre circumstances. Well, it's got a break it? of a fortnight, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I mean, pitches recover. You know, and and you know, we, we you have to bear that in mind. Mm. They do, but uh, um, here we are. I forget how many games it is already this season. Thirty between thirty and thirty-five matches there already this season, yeah. uh, because of the ground share. Um, and uh, thank goodness as well that the Truro St Albans match the previous Saturday ended up being called off. Uh, because that was a mini plus. Yeah, that would have ripped um, it up, wouldn't it? It, it, it would have done. And, but it obviously a combination of the weather. We've had a lot of rain recently. Um, um, I think Julian Goulthorpe, the, the acting head groundsman, because obviously United haven't replaced yet mm. Chris Ralph, um, uh, took some uh, film on his mobile of the water coming out of the, <laughs> the new drainage system at Plainmore. Um, uh, and he was able to say it's working <laughs> because there was an horrible and a hell of a lot of water passing, yeah. passing through. Um, but uh, you know, when you get day after day after day of rain, um, it's it's going to affect it sooner or later. And sure enough, the pitch yeah. looked in a pretty or sort a, a large area of it, not all of it, but that, that quite large so, area running in front of Bristow's bench. The, the area that we refer to as Hockley's office. <laughs> Matt Hockley's <laughs> office, yeah, quite. Um, uh, we, it looked pretty sorry yeah. for itself, didn't it? And, and, uh, but another mini plus is that because Truro have decided to play their FA Trophy tie against Western Super Mare... I don't understand this at all. So they're playing Western Supermare in the trophy. They're playing down at Triu Road. Yeah, they've, great, they've great had for the their fans. Regraded in yeah. time for that. Brilliant for the Truro fans who yeah. are, you know, who, who deserve are, a break. <laughs> they've got to be the top priority in all of this. But after that, they're coming back to Plainmore. Yeah. For the two games, two games. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wheelstone at home next Saturday, Saturday yeah. week, the twenty second. Uh, and then their their home game against United on New Year's Day. 
Now, I mean, I'm part of me is glad that they're playing the cup tie against Western down there. And part of me is also glad that their home game on New Year's Day is at Playmore because we don't all have to drive all the way down to Truro. Lo lovely place though it is. Quiet. But I, I, I don't get this at all. They, you know, they, they seem to be having their cake and eating it here, don't they? Well, yes and no. Um, I, I, I find it slightly strange that the National League stroke FA, because they're the two ruling bodies in these circumstances, won the FA, yeah. FA trophy this Saturday and the National League for league purposes. Truro have gone back to the National League and had their ground regraded. Um, so you would think at some stage that someone at the National League will go, well, hold on a minute, your ground has been regraded, mm. you're okay, you had to ground share at Playmore because your own ground wasn't available because it was going to be redeveloped, that's not happening anymore. Um, uh, why do you want to still go back yeah. and play some more games at Playmore? On the other hand, Peter Masters, the, the, the Truro chairman, has had to watch his team playing in front of Hardly enough people to buy a round of drinks. Well, sub uh, um, less than forty people on a couple of occasions. Yeah, isn't for it? the for the last yeah. um, um, was it a trophy game? Yeah. Well, anyway, but so desperately low gates, which I think yeah. we all expected. Um, so in some ways, I, I don't really begrudge him the gate, which we all think and hope yeah. he may well get as his home game on New Year's Day, because it will help to offset quite a lot of those. Uh, uh, weeks when no doubt he picked up the tab. Um, uh, in, also, if if this match against Wheelston on the twenty second was also being played down at at uh, Trio Road, yeah, that would be even better. I don't mind. <laughs> I think we wouldn't mind them coming back for the New Year's Day game here, um, because that game on the twenty second kicks off a run of matches. Yeah which is going to put Playmore back under huge pressure again. So you'll have United... Sorry, Truro at home on the 22nd. Five games in quick succession. Five games yeah. in 15 days, yeah. I think. Something yeah. we, we, we worked it out, didn't we? Um, so you've got Wheelstone on the 22nd, United v Truro Boxing Day, United v Gloucester on the 29th, United, uh, sorry, Truro v United on New Year's Day, and then United against Slough on January the 5th. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And the pitch is going to have to hopefully hold up uh, it's perishing it, it, it may rain at some point between you would have now thought it would yeah uh, um, uh, we're we're all quite pleased that although we're wearing our beanies and scarves at the moment because it's quite chilly that at least it's dry yeah um, and after the welling game I spoke to Julian Gawthorpe and he said I wouldn't mind a bit more rain actually and I went you what yeah uh, and he said yes but a bit more rain would wash in and help to soften the pitch up. Then I want it dry yeah. for several days so we can get on it. Because as things stood on Saturday night, he couldn't get on the pitch to work no. on it. So in order to actually level the thing out, get it sorted again, you need it to be soft enough to kind of like settle the pitch down again after it's been cut up and all the divots. Yeah. And then a dry spell so you can actually get on and do some proper work on it. So that's what he's been hoping for. Hopefully this week has delivered it. It's a proper science though, isn't it? Oh yeah. So there's a lot to it. And and then of course, he's got a free, there's no game until the 22nd. So he's got a chance to get it back. Yeah. Not back the way we would all like it, but at least so that it's yeah. uh, um, half decent leading into that, that crucial Christmas and New Year period. Talking of pitches then, there have been some interesting developments on the Nightingale Park saga. 
yeah. this week. We mentioned last week that wonderful uh, air, natural area of open beauty <laughs> and, um, and and sporting uh, excellence. And sporting excellence. Um, we mentioned Please. last week that Torbay Council had taken the decision to ring fence Nightingale Park. Yeah, for community it, it, it was. A, I don't know whether that's a. Is that set in stone now? Well, it was. It's a motion that was passed by the full council. Yeah. Uh, but it's all tied up with the, uh, the, the management of the council's assets and what have you. So Quite. it's um, it, nothing. It ever seems to be particularly set in stone. It'll no. be interesting to see how that develops. Yeah. But there's, there's also a, a memorandum of understanding, isn't there, between the council and the football club? Yes, if uh, Herald Express readers will have had a full and uh, um, in-depth look at all that this week. Um, there on next Monday, the 17th, at a, at a meeting of the, I forgot what the name of the, the group is, it's the Development Policy Development and Decision Group, isn't it? It is, it's um, the Policy Development Decision Group, yeah, quite right. Uh, of the Council on, on Monday, uh, and on the agenda there is a Memorandum of Understanding, which I don't think many people had realised exists between the Council and the Club. Mm. Uh, and that, whilst it's not legally binding, um, uh, commits both sides to working together towards providing a common aim, which yeah. in this particular case is a new stadium um, and more than a new stadium. That's the whole part of the, the whole thing that I think you and I and one or two other people, interested parties, were quite, were quite yeah. impressed with the plans. So you know, the stadium's only one part of this proposed oh, it is. Yeah. complex. Yeah. Um, uh, so we'll see what that throws up. Uh, and the noises I'm hearing uh, uh, from uh, uh, off um, yeah. is that um, if Nightingale Park ends up being a no-go, um, uh, you know, Clark Osborne and GI, the United owner and GI, uh, um, you know, would 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 want to pursue the yeah. possibility of finding another site now. Those of us who lived in and around Torbay for quite some time are struggling to to, to find it's another true. one. But if not Nightingale Park, where else? Well, That's exactly. The question, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. And and of course, inevitably, some United fans have uh, you know have thought, look again, and we have to repeat this. You and I, we're the last people to want to leave Plainmore. Mm. Uh, it's been part of our lives for all for most of our adult lives. Certainly, all your adult life and most yeah. of mine. Yeah. Um, and the idea of talking Arctic King off anywhere else, you know, is a, is a difficult one. Doesn't feel right at all, but, but yes. Um, yeah. You know, I do expect, I do accept, um, and when you think that, as I mentioned in the paper this week, Mike Bateson and David Phillips, two of the three previous chairmen, <laughs> both <laughs> uh, proposed this a similar move. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's all linked with what not just Clark Osborne but previous chairman have, have said is an attempt to try and get the club into a position where it's trading effectively more than one day every 10 days yeah. or fortnight and you can generate the sort of revenue to, to stabilise the club, give it a future, etc, etc, etc. We've all heard the, the, the arguments. Um, uh, I, I personally, I don't live anywhere near the Willows estate so... Uh, um, it would be wrong to belittle that whole thing. Uh, I personally cannot see, I, I, I don't get the arguments from councillors who say that, yeah, but this is, we're going to turn this into a, 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 a leisure yeah. park, or, or that sort of stuff. How, why wouldn't they, why, haven't, why has nobody done it before? Well, um, and, and who is going to spend the money, who's gonna, in, especially in these 
troubled times. Well, Who is going to spend the, the money on got creating money anyway. facilities? They can't do it. Uh, and it's not revenue, you know, turning something into a park or, a, 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 you know, a, you, 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 you've covered local government far more than I have, but you know the sort of phrases we're talking yeah. about. That doesn't d- deliver any revenue. So what outside investor is going to come in and spend that sort of money on it when it's not going to bring in any revenue? Mm. Um, uh, but I'm sure there are some councillors who perhaps will will knock that down in flames mm. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, look, it's a very sad place at the moment, yeah. that area. Yeah. And don't kid me that it isn't. I was out there the other day. I've walked over it yeah. because I thought I ought to. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm not... Yes, I would take my dog over it, but uh, I wouldn't go back there as a, on, on a regular basis to look at the scenery or anything like that. Um, uh, and it just seems to me that that's the kind of area which, you know, yeah. is made for that sort of development. OK, it's not my call. And, and in the end, you know, councillors will make their decisions and they have to stand or fall by them. Uh, uh, I think you and I are in the camp where we're desperate for Torquay and Torbay to, to be showing a more optimistic and, yeah. and uh, on it view to the world. The bay has not, if I was a councillor and I had been a councillor in this bay for the last 20 or 30 years, I would not be proud of the way it's gone. Right. I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know it's a hard job. Mm. I know money is tight and every council is probably being done from a great height by central government and the amount of money they've got. Absolutely accept all of that. But I'm fed up listening to people who live in Torbay and telling me, well, I never go shopping in Torbay. I go to Exeter or Plymouth. Yeah. I'm fed up hearing all of those stories about people actually running the town down. And I, I've never been able to argue with them. I've never been able to say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but isn't this good, isn't this good, isn't this good? Because there's been precious few chances to do that. So when there is a possibility of investment... Yeah. um, Yeah, I I think there's two sides. You know, you have to, you know, whatever Clark Osborne, in this particular case, it could be the Sultan of Dubai, for all we know, uh, whatever they put forward has to tick the boxes that... The planning authority lay down absolutely it does yeah etc etc if nightingale park if if nightingale park isn't going to be the site for a new complex let's let's take away the football part of it the sports thing if yeah. it was going to be say i don't know another milton Keynes bowl or another you know something mm. like that then what else are you going to put on it yeah. I, I, yeah. I, is torby council really going to leave that site as an area where people can walk their dogs. Is is that forevermore? Forevermore. Yeah. Is that what's is that what does that is that what the council wants for Nightingale Park? Yeah. I'm sure they will turn to oh no, we're gonna put an odd football pitch on it and all this sort of stuff. It hasn't happened. It's been sitting there for the last what? Yeah. I know it's it was a rubbish tip and there've been issues with that and there's still people say oh there's still methane coming up through it. Well, well that's for a developer to deal with, isn't it? it? Of course, of that's, course. And, yeah. and 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 yeah, we accept all yeah. all those things. But sooner or later in this place somebody's got to grab the bull by the horns and show a more positive, progressive view yeah. to the world. Yeah. At the moment, we're being left behind by Exeter. Uh, you know, as as a place to go and do stuff. 
and uh, okay, Torbay is such a special, wonderful area. It, it's breathtakingly beautiful. It's it knocks Monte Carlo into a cocked hat in terms of scale and and scenery yeah. and and all of that. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm the first person to admit that it's you can't just snap your fingers and make things happen, and it is difficult. Of course, it is, and people haven't got much money. Well, in that case, if this is the world we're in, where local authorities from now for the foreseeable future are barely going to be able yeah. struggling to to lay on core services, and they're having to cut back left, right, and centre, well, you know, we're going to have to get other people in to do our developments for us. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, but we'll see where it goes. We will, uh, and and we'll be interested to see the outcome of Mondays to see whether. United and or the council come up with much from Monday's, yeah. Monday's meeting and, um, you know, good luck to them. Is it too late for me to put in a request for a speedway track down there? <laughs> <laughs> well, that might put a few cat yeah. among the pigeons. I'm not it? sure how the people living around the Willows would uh, would like that. but um... Well, there you go. No, no, I, I, absolutely. And, and I can understand people in that part of the world. Well, football ground, football stadium, concert, open air concerts... Mm. Noise, traffic. Uh, noise, traffic, etc., etc., etc. But in a way, well, where do you, where, where do we want this sort of thing anyway? Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, but anyway, the, these are difficult arguments and and tough choices for people to make. And good luck to the ones who have to make it. Well, looking at the clock, we've got the the fourth official is coming out with the uh, the added minutes board, but we've got a couple of extra pieces, a couple of bits of any other business. First of all, two ex-girls prominently involved in an FA Cup replay uh, the other night. If anybody's, if you can still get a look at the re, the uh, highlights of Wrexham against Newport. Other way around. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. Newport Wrexham. Yeah, at Bagnet oh, Parade. Cracking game by the look of it. Yeah. Luke Young got himself sent off. Oops. Straight red card. Ouch. Um, it was so far off the ball that the camera missed it. But, you know, <laughs> not quite sure exactly what happened, but no, there was unlucky a, Luke. a Newport player down in a heap yeah. and uh, Luke protesting his innocence, but he um, he went off with the straight red. And an absolutely cracking finish by Dan Butler, the fourth of Newport's four in a 4 0 win was a, a screamer from about 30 yards. Well, I think during his time at Playmore, we could all see what a what a talented yeah. attacking left-back he was. And uh, um, uh, signed by Kevin Nicholson, I think, and brought on under him. Uh, ended up at Newport. And, of course, he's been a fixture in their team and yeah. scoring one or two goals like that. But I think that was... Uh, that that will be uh, if he's a bit like Janet the other day. If he scores yeah. a better one than that in his career, then uh, um, it was it was a bit of a um, what was that old Hereford striker that scored the winner against? Oh, it was Castle, a Ronnie Radford, or, a, wasn't a, it? Yeah, a bit of a Ronnie yeah. Radford job. Yeah. Um, no, good luck to Dan. Indeed, and that's still on the BBC website. If you want to have a look at that one, uh, apologies to Steve McCall. Oh. Now we draw a line in the sand under this now because yeah. people keep reminding us of Max and O's. There was another O'Keefe that we forgot as well. Um, but Steve McCall, how could we forget Steve yeah. McCall? Our recent Max team of Max and O's. Yeah, um, uh, Steve McCall. <laughs> you and I to this day still recall the night against Scarborough. Yeah. Uh, in the um, playoff semi-final, wasn't it against yeah. uh, where Rodney Jacks last hurrah at Plainmore. Uh, Brilliant game of football. Massive crowd. Huge as well. crowd yeah. on a, on a wonderful warm even, spring evening. United going to town on on poor old Scarborough. Um, and Steve McCall's oh what a goal absolutely yeah. magnificent there's a goal. photograph of there, there 
I'm not sure whether it was a Colin Bratcher or a Paul Levy, but there's a photograph of him scoring that goal. There is. Um, striking through the ball, yeah. and um, it was a bit like you could you could have sent a message from the to the opposition keeper as soon as he struck it. <laughs> yeah. it <was laughs> Put the cap back on it, again. Yeah. You're not going to stop that. You're not going to stop that. You're not going to get anywhere near this. No. But, um, yeah. Apologies to Steve. Um, not for the first time on this podcast, we use the phrase "strange things are happening at Billericay." Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's interesting because they're right up there with us, aren't they? Well, and they won at Bath 2-1 on, mm. on Tuesday night to move to within a point of United. I think it's a point, yeah, um, with a game in hand. Um, but they, um, Mr. Tamplin's gone, hasn't no, he? he hasn't, no, he think. hasn't. No, I don't think Mr. Tamplin's gone, um, although you, you never quite know, do you? Um, but five players have left there. I think it's five, at least four. I think it was five. Yeah. Including uh, Jake. Including Jake Robinson, the yeah. leading scorer who's gone to Maidstone. They've sold him to Maidstone. Now, um, the, the, the manager there, Brennan, who used to be at Hemel Hempstead, yeah. um, uh, is stressing that this is all part of a restructuring, uh, not a restructuring, but apparently the club is going full-time or wants to go full-time. Okay. And the departure of these players has to do with that. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, uh, quite a lot of senior players, Adam Cunnington, the centre forward, Scott Doe's gone, uh, Ricky Modeste. These are all players of a, you know, who have been around yeah. for a while. Expensive players as well, and I would have There thought. you go. Yeah. And now, whether they're trying to sort of uh, bring in a younger um, a player who's prepared to go full time. I don't. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm not sure. In fairness to them, they've won two games since this. Yeah. this since this all kicked off, um, I forget who they beat at the weekend, and then they went and won at Bath, which is a very important result for them, and not a great result for Bath on Tuesday night. So, be interesting yeah. to see how Jake Robinson gets on at Maidstone. It will back in the National League. Yeah. Um, he, he's he's had this phenomenal goal scoring record at this level. Mm. Uh, 57 goals for Villaricky last year, I think. He'd scored another 13 this season. Um, now he goes up into the National League with Maidson, who, of course, in a, a relegation scrap in the yeah. National League. So, uh, yeah, good luck to Jake Robinson, who's fondly remembered by goals fans from a few years ago. But, yeah, Villaricky is always worth keeping an eye on, isn't it's it? A, it's a funny old league, it's, it's, this it's, one, isn't it? Like, like Playmore, there's seldom a dull moment <laughs> yeah. there, isn't there? And finally, next week will be our last podcast before Christmas. And in the festive spirit, we will be playing Christmas quiz ball next That's week. That's more like it. I have a plan. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? We will concoct a game of Christmas quiz ball. Bob was saying to me last night that he has caught up with that clip on YouTube. Do watch it if you haven't watched it before. Quiz ball. I think it must be the only one that's left in the archives. But we'll try and recreate. It means that you and I have to sit here um, in dinner jackets smoking pipes next week <laughs> to get the full effect. I'm, I'm dreading you firing one at me that I'm going to make an absolute <laughs> tremendous mess of and a player, a player or a name that I should know yeah. straight away. I'm going to be looking at you with a blank look on my face, yeah. having a senior moment. But, uh, it's, Christ no, no. it's Christmas. Would I do that Tackle to you? Tackle it head on. Absolutely. No, no. We, we don't want any, any waverers here. We will indeed. So Boreham Wood on Saturday, uh, away at Hampton and Richmond on the, the 22nd. Saturday, yeah. But then it all kicks off for Christmas and the New Year. It does. I think as far as the Golds Travel Club are concerned, it kicks off at Hampton. They're planning a, a real... 
Christmas special outing Brilliant. to Hampton yeah. Richmond on, of course, which is effectively New Year's Eve, uh, Christmas Eve. The Possibility the, the, the of a Christmas second. jumper amongst them. Oh, I, and the rest. Yeah. I think all hell, all, 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 all hell is breaking <laughs> loose at Hampton and <laughs> Richmond. Um, I don't know whether Hampton have got any idea what's on the way, but um, yeah, no, yeah. that should be a great day. But uh, Boreham Wood first in the trophy. Yeah. It would be good to go into the... Uh, presumably the draw is on Monday. I haven't checked, but mm. I, I, I assume it is. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Good time to be a Talkie United fan as ever. Yes, and uh, as ever we finish, come on, come on you, you yellows. yellows.